Assalamu alaikum, guys. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. How are you today, uh, Maris? I'm okay. I-, I can't believe I'm actually here. And I'm not blown away by that wind outside. Oh my <laughs> God. Did you literally like, I was sitting there, I was with my dick. <laughs> <laughs> the bins oh, were having a marathon. I know, literally. literally. Oh it's man, so bad. But you know, there's been like a hurricane in Japan. Really? Yeah, there was a hurricane in Japan. Was it a hurricane? Was it an earthquake? Something happened in Japan. Okay. I think it was an earthquake. I think it was an earthquake. Are you sure? Something happened in Japan, <laughs> and then something happened in California, and then in Japan there was those planes that crashed into each other that blew what? up this morning. Yeah. I don't know the, the proper story, but something happened with some planes and then like, they, they combusted on fire. I think they, they collided together and then they combusted. Might be wrong, but <laughs> that's something happened, right? And I just kind of like briefly saw it and like registered it, but then didn't fully register it. So, yeah. What crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. One of you was telling me that there was a moped that was just being blown away. And um, one of his friends, he's a bus driver, it literally was hit just, him. yeah, it hit him. Just, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it was just, it was crazy yesterday. Yeah. No, it was really scary. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Yeah. Makes you think, though. Yeah. But what Alhamdulillah, was... today was better. Oh, today was lovely. Yeah. What would you do if there was a storm? What do you mean, what would I do? So what's the natural disaster that scares you the most? Anything to do with water. Me too. I am scared. So, do you know what, guys? I've started this new, like, obsession. You know how I get obsessed with stuff? Oh, God. And I look at TikToks about the North Sea. Or is it like when um, the boat's in like really crazy storms? Crazy storms. Oh my God. Oh. And you know, North Sea is of England, mm. right? That's yeah, where all oh, the oil yeah, rigs yeah. are. Oh my God. It's the scariest thing on earth. Oh. I literally sit there and I'm like, why would you put yourself in this bloody situation? It's actually crazy. Wow. Yeah, no, no. I can't. I can't. Anything to do with water. Like, do you remember when there yeah. was a flood like ages ago? What, here in uh, the UK? Yeah, where, yeah, where I was like 15. Huh? It was tiny. It was a tiny, but it was scary. It was scary. It was so scary. It's like 15, 20 years ago. And I still remember like all um, the sweet shops, like there were sweets just coming out of the shop. That scared me. I, I don't know. I don't Floods, not necessarily floods scare me, but things like tsunamis and like. Oh my God. Yeah. They are scary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's people who their job is to actually chase natural disasters. Like they're storm chasers. What do and they do? What they do, they work with like the weather report and know when storms are going to happen. Oh, they chase fine. the storm and they record it. Oh, fine, fine, and fine. And I'm just like, are they the ones that they're, they're named after? Because all of them have got funky names. No, no. I think it's named after whoever discovers it. These people are filming it. So it's already been discovered. And oh, they're the okay. ones who film it and get it on camera. Okay. Wow. Yeah, no, I can't do that. Yeah. That is scary. Absolutely. But yeah, mate. And like, I've seen us. like videos of people who literally, they're sitting there filming and there's like a huge tsunami yeah, happening. Yeah, the tsunami, like, yeah, the tsunami. Yeah, what the yeah. hell are you doing? Run! Yeah. Like, crazy. The thing is though, I feel like I'm one of those people who, if I realise that there's nothing I can do about this, I'll just get my prayer mat and like, just pray and hope for the best. Yeah. Because there's no point running at that point. No, like, 100%. I think tsunami, I'll freeze. Yeah, I'll just freeze. Which country was it that had that massive tsunami? Was it Indonesia or something? Yeah. Where was it? Or was it Japan? It was a huge tsunami yeah, at one tsunami, point. Yeah, it was Indonesia, Bali, all of that area. Scary. It was man. a really bad one that happened. What about things like lava, though? Like, you know, volcanic oh, eruptions. Yeah. I find that really scary as well. Yes, Allah, may Allah protect us from all, all of, of them. that. Yeah, man. But yeah. Anyway, Anyways. moving on. Mm. So, we're going to start talking about red flags today. What is a red flag? I feel like it's something or a quality that someone might have that will raise alarm bells in your head. 
um, because people with these particular qualities tend to have certain behaviors in the long run. Does that make sense? Okay. So one person's red flag could be another person's green flag. For me, there's certain things that don't tolerate. Okay. And there's certain things that I think are red flags. Okay. And they're all subjective. I don't think red flags should be subjective. I think red flags should be something across the board that everyone thinks this is not. Okay. So like, for example, Uh so remember back in uni, we were talking about certain guys and we were saying, oh, we don't like controlling men. And there oh, was a girl. Some women that, love yeah, I remember that girl that was in a prayer room and she was like, oh no, I love my man to be controlling. Like I want him to suffocate. Okay, me so control. then you're right, actually. No, you're right. So because there was a there was a heated debate um when I was with like some other people. Um, and you know, one girl was like, um, I don't think um she didn't like the whole thought of red flag. She was like, nope, it, that's just something that you don't like. And I don't think you should class it as a red flag because to someone else it could be it's not a flag at all. Like, I think people are just throwing the red flag a lot, just, you know, willy-nilly. So what do you think after having that heated discussion? My thought is, I think it's subjective mm. um, to a person. I think red flag should be something that everyone thinks is wrong. Like someone's like pedophile. Someone is, you know, got certain types of behaviours that are just generally toxic, evil, like hitting people. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I and think then it- I think then, then there should be another category mm. of ones which are subjective. Right, because there's certain things I can't tolerate. I, for me, someone who's stingy is a huge red flag for me. I can never be with someone who's stingy. It's just yeah. not going to work. Yeah. Maybe, so we're not talking about those type of things. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they're still important. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like with red flags, I think it's something that if it's going on more than one relationship, then it could be classed as a red flag. But someone might be stingy to you if you were dating them, but then they weren't stingy with me. Oh. Imagine though. So you're going yeah, around telling true. people... That this guy is stingy, whereas with me, he's taking to more of these, he's doing everything for me. It's just that he, he didn't like you that much. Oh. But then, then again, do you get what I mean? So yeah, I get what I get that it, friend get that it, was get getting heated yeah. was saying because like, you know, it can't, it's, okay. I think so, it's subjective. Okay. So what are the red flags that are completely objective? Let's classify those. Yes, yeah, so that's what, yeah. Okay, so fine. Red flags what would are be objective? a red flag that is completely like a no-go for every woman that we need to put like yep. a post up and put warning signs. Yes. So I was just going to say when you asked me about what red flags were. So for me is when you're taking a rights of a person, mm-hmm. that is a red flag. Yeah. The things that I would say that are objectively red flags uh-huh. that across the board, an abusive person, right? Okay. A physically abusive person, emotionally abusive, but emotionally abusive is a lot harder to, uh, this is the one where people can, it can become subjective what people find emotionally abusive. Yeah. But generally it's people who gaslight, belittle, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah? Financially abusive. So basically, yeah, physically, emotionally, financially, financially abusive. Yeah. Like all of and that. And also spiritually ab- abusive. That's spiritually a new cat- abusive, cat- category yeah. now. So that's all things that like everyone agrees with. Yeah. That's what it is. But then there's also red flags that is subjective. Yeah. So there's red how, flags that's yeah, subjective. So objective yeah. and subjective. Yeah. One thing that I want to talk about today particularly is people who are emotionally abusive okay I think yeah? that's the worst I think that's the worst there's something that I learned recently that I didn't know about uh we like to use the term gaslight I've yeah. been gaslit but a lot of people don't actually know where the term comes from do you know where the term come from um I remember you telling me once yeah okay so I'm going to tell you guys where the term actually came from okay so I found out the term gaslight actually came from a British play that was done, I think, in the 60s or something. I don't mm. know exactly when it was done. 
And in the play, there was two characters. There was a husband and there was a wife. It was set back in the days where they lived in this house and they were using, you remember those lanterns? Yeah. Mm. And that's what they used as light for the household. And what the husband would do is every single day he would turn down the lantern just by a little bit, right? And the wife would be like, is it just me or has it gotten a bit darker? Mm. He would be like, no, it's still the same, Mm. right? And every single day he kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And the light was getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. Yeah. She got to a point where she didn't even trust her own self. She started thinking, am I losing my vision? Maybe there's something wrong with me because he would act completely normal. Mm. Like he'll act like they're sitting in a brightly lit room, even though he knows that he's turning down the light. Mm. Yeah. And it got to the point whereby she wouldn't trust herself anymore. She didn't trust like reality, uh, reality anymore. She didn't believe anything that she saw. She couldn't believe what she hears. So she started being very dependent on him. Mm. Yeah. Once she became dependent on him, then that's when the abuse started happening. Yeah. So what we tend to find is people who get into these kind of relationships where there is emotional abuse happens. Mm. It never happens at the beginning, right? There's always like a pattern of behavior before the abuse starts. Yeah. It's like that piggy bank rule, whatever they call it, um, where, and it's part of like love bombing. Mm. Um, So they give you a hundred percent. So let's just say they give you a hundred dollars at the start. Um, and then they slowly go down to 95 mm-hmm. and then they go down to 90. And then when you notice a little different, then they, they give you 95. So they didn't give you a hundred anymore. Mm. Um, and then you're thinking, oh, okay. So I got extra now yeah. because you know, you were on 90 before now I've got 95. Forgetting that once there was a hundred yeah. and then it slowly, slowly goes down. But then, you know, it's like love bombing. Yeah, it is. That is such a good um, uh, Until. What's it called? It's called something like the piggy bank rule or the penny rule or something like that. That's such a good rule. Yeah, which is, it's so true because even like with love bombing, I think I think when it comes to words, it's okay, the worst. What, what would you define as love bombing for those of us who are not aware what love bombing is? When someone's not, um, they're not consistent and they overly bombard you with uh, lies, basically. It usually happens at the beginning of a relationship, Yeah, obviously, right? yeah. Or a beginning of a whatever, situationship, whatever it is where the person's going to give you like 500%, sell you dreams, giving you lots of love. And then eventually they completely take it away. away. Yeah, They usually take it away once you start showing interest. Interest, yep. yeah. Yeah, and that's what basically happens. Yeah. And it seems to be a really common thing. And I yeah. feel like now it happens even more because of things like apps and stuff like social that. Social media. And social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever been love bombed before? Oh, yeah. Um, and I think the worst one is with words. Yeah. You know, when, cause you know, like I'm the type of person that I won't say I miss you. Yeah. I love you. Or I won't say anything that I don't mean. Mm-hmm. Whereas I always get those guys who sell me a dream. Yeah. Um, with their words mm-hmm. and then there's nothing. And it's just like, why did you say it? I get so annoyed. And one thing I hate is. At the start, because I'm very guarded anyway. Yeah. So, you know, when they say things like, oh, you know, whatever, and I don't respond back, they're just like, you need to let me in. And, you know, you need to. They like, gaslight you your... to believe in that yeah. you're the problem. When it's no, actually I'm the no, problem. I can sense that there's something yeah. not quite right. And here. I'm just like, no, I do. This is not normal. How are you so easily complimenting me? You don't even know me. Yeah. You're saying things and, you know, you don't even know me. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't calculate. How are you this so, comfortable saying these words that are big words? Big words, It means you're yeah. saying it to all the other girls yeah. out there. Yeah. But because they're always like, oh, they're like, you know, 
you're too guarded and you know you need to let someone in and you need to be a bit more vulnerable and like it's not going to work like this if you don't so I'm just like okay maybe maybe, maybe I'm the right. problem yeah yeah you know? and you know I get yeah and then I'm just like okay maybe and then that's it and it's just like gone and it's just like little shit wasting my time yeah and I think that's much more worse than like gifts mm. I think gifts is at least fine you've got a nice watch you've got something you got, out of it yeah you got something out of it you know and it's just like okay I've got nice stuff Whereas when it's words, it's like you don't even know who you are anymore. They leave you and you're just like, what just happened? Who was in a wrong? I think, was you know the me? worst is when you're not interested in the person oh. at all. <laughs> and yes. And I think majority of the time that's when it happens. Because I think it's a challenge. I think it's a challenge for them. Like, oh yeah. Like, oh, you know, she's too hard to get. Let me just, and I'm just like, I'm not hard to get. I just don't like you. Um, was it you who was telling me that there's become like a new challenge, unfortunately, where non-Muslim boys pretend to be interested in Islam and then they target Muslim girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell the story? So, yeah, so there was this guy who he was pretending to be a revert and he would attend, like, ISO events and, and he was sitting next to a girl. He was, like, she swear Jilabab and, um, you know, he used to ask her a question about Islam and then first he would, like, direct him to, like, some websites and books. Um, but he would always sit next to her and he would always ask questions and I think they were studying the same subject as well. And then, you know, slowly, slowly she was like telling about Islam and then, you know, they would meet up in public places. Obviously, then he was like, you know, I, I really like you. And he was like, I'm going to marry you. And so she was just like, okay, you need to come to my dad. And then he was like, yeah, that's fine. He even went to her parents' house, asked for a hand in marriage. And then um, before they were planning their wedding, um, she like took off her jilbab while she was the next thing because she thinking, oh, he's, he's going to be my husband or whatever. And then one thing led to the other and they actually had intercourse before the wedding night. And then after that, he just completely just aired her. He aired her in uni, oh everything. God. And then he posted on Facebook and he was just like, oh yeah, where's my money? I won the bet. Yeah. It's awful. You know what? It's actually become a common thing. So there was a Reddit thread recently. Mm. Um, so there's this girl who was a hijabi and she got married to a guy who was a revert. Yeah. Now this isn't about reverts. This is just about just in general, women need to be careful. Yeah. yeah. So she married this guy who was a revert and, um, you know, she had an amazing relationship. They were together for like five years. And I think he reverted after he got to know her. I don't think he was a revert beforehand. Yeah. Okay. So it was one of those whereby they got to know each other and then he became Muslim. Okay. But then he was a practicing Muslim in her eyes. Okay. Yeah. So then his friend then decided to become Muslim. And then he was like to his wife, oh, can you find my friend a wife as well? Mm. So she recommended one of her close friends, okay. right? And then when she recommended one of her close friends, they got married. After a couple of weeks, her friend was like distressed. She was crying. She was upset. And um, she came up to her friend and said, oh my God, this guy, he's not a real Muslim. He was taking videos of us being intimate and posting it on like websites, Website, yeah. right? And it was like a thing. Apparently it's like a fetish now. A lot of non-Muslims have this fetish about hijabis and Muslim women, mm. right? So then she was absolutely outraged and she went to her husband. Her husband was like, oh my God, you know, completely unaware. Mm. So when she confronted the friend, the friend then baited out her husband and said, oh, he's the one who told me to do it. He's been doing this for years. So then it turned out that this guy has basically been doing the same thing to her for like years. Oh, wow. So they're yeah. both, so it's not just happening. So it's not, it wasn't just happening to her, friend, it was happening to her well. too. And she just had no idea about it. There was videos of her, pictures of her online and things like that. Oh, wow. So like, 
obviously these are the extremes of situations, but it just goes to show like how some people are just very methodical in the way that they go about. That's abusive, like to the next but level. But yeah, you, got, like... you reminded me of that when you were talking about that. And I was like, oh crap, like this reminds me of this scenario mm. that recently came up, which is crazy. But anyway, crazy. back to our topic. Oh, we're talking about red flags. Yeah, red flags. Okay, so what, what are red flags? So love bombing is one of them. Anything else? Um, like overly um, inflated perception of themselves. Why? Because if they, they're arrogant, then they will think that they are entitled to treat you. But how do harder. you distinguish between someone who's arrogant and someone who's just really confident? There's a fine line, but arrogant is like, they always will be fishing for compliments. Mm. They'll always belittle you, basically. Like, have you watched um, Married at First Sight? Mm. You know that guy that's got a tattoo on his face? Oh, like yeah. Oh, my God. He was yeah. the worst. Yeah. So he had an overly inflated yeah. opinion of himself. And it's just that he's an actual case study yeah. of what a narcissistic, yeah. emotionally abusive person is. I what his is. name is. But I, yeah. I can't remember his name either. He's got a tattoo and he's got like Mabruka yeah. underneath his eyes. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. He completely love bombed her. Yeah. Right? At the start, yeah. At the start, she was so besotted in him. She fell for him. And literally, you can see, you know, that terminology, gaslight, that the gas was just dimming, 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 yeah. dimming. And they get to a point whereby they start making you doubt your friends. Yeah. A lot of the time, they isolate you. They isolate you, yeah. Yeah, and that's what he was doing to her. When friends were, like, getting concerned and being worried and this and this and that, she started being defensive over him, defending him and this and this. So if you're finding yourself, you're having to really defend someone. Yeah. You need to start thinking, hang on mm, a second, yeah. am I a victim here? Yeah. Like, is something going on? Yeah. And then after that, then he started belittling her. Yeah. And I'm, but then I, the first thing, what he used to always say, so like he was so arrogant that he was like, you're immature mm. and I'm mature. And like, obviously I'm the teacher. Yeah. If, if you see anyone that's arrogant and that they think so highly of themselves and they're fishing for compliments, like he used to love when she used to compliment you know what him. This is reminding that's, me of? The, that's one of the main things that you have to be worried about. This is reminding me of, have you heard of the whole Simone Biles, Biles thingies? Oh okay, God, so guys, for you. anyone who doesn't know, so there's this um, Olympian uh, called Simone Biles and she's like fantastic. She's such a good Olympian to the point whereby there are people out there saying that, you know, they don't want her to compete anymore because the standard becomes so high. Like the, the moves that she can do, no one can do. And it's getting to the point whereby the um, people competing are injuring themselves because they're trying to reach her standard, mm. right? That's how like up the bar she is, right? And basically she got married to this guy who, till now I still don't know what his name is. I don't know what he, what he does, right? yeah. And he's an average looking guy in my eyes, but he seems to really think something of himself, right? Mm. And they went to this podcast and they were talking about how they met and the way he was talking about her just... <sighs> Uh, it just tells you the premise of this relationship. At the beginning, he was saying, oh, I didn't even know who she was, right? Uh, and he was following other gymnastic Olympians, apparently, or something like that, mm, like who weren't as big as her. So mm, if you are following gymnastic Olympians, you know who she is. Even yeah. I know who she is, yeah, right? Yeah, same, same. He wasn't even aware of what she looked like or anything like that at all, right? And the way he was talking throughout the whole thing, you can tell he thought he was the prize. He thought he was the prize and she was just staring at him in adoration and she was mesmerized yeah. by him, right? And go on. No, so at the start, he said that she was the one who messaged me. Yeah. No, no guy ever gives that information at the start, yeah. right? He, he said he messaged me. Like, I'm provoked. No one asked him who messaged who first. Yeah. And then afterward, he goes, yeah, I didn't even know who she was. I had to Google her. And our first meeting, she drove 45 minutes to come see me. Like, why would you say that? Yeah. He was so arrogant. Like, Obviously, I'm the catch. 
she inboxed me. She messaged me. She drove to see me, right? For 40, not, not 20. I wasn't down the road, by the way, guys. I was 45 minutes away. Like, who even remembers that shit? And also, what man lets a woman do that? Exactly. Exactly. That's for me was a big, big red flag. Yeah. Um, so that's what I meant when I said we've like. But you know what arrogant. though? She's the kind of woman who, you know, when I said my New Year's resolution is to mind my business. Mm. She's the kind of woman who you would mind your business because when people started saying that, she came out and like attacked Different. to everyone else. It was mm. like, whoa, like everyone's trying to stick up for you. Yeah. They're saying, hang on a second, who are you? Yeah. She's the catch. Yeah. You're not the catch. Yeah. Right. And she was just like, oh, in a couple of years' time, people are going to be calling me. I forgot her husband's name, but her husband, yeah. <laughs> wife. Yeah. He was acting like he was the Olympian and she's just his wife. Yeah. When actually no one knows who you are, mate. Yeah. No one knows your name. Mm. Right. I don't know what he does. I think he's at NFL and he got rejected by two teams. So he's still like. He's just with her for clout. Yeah. So you can tell. He's waiting to get chosen by a team or whatever. Um, and then she's like, oh, he's going to be big one day. But it's just like, be like, you know, it's Serena, Serena, Serena Williams. Down. Yeah. Like her husband is obsessed with her, literally, isn't he? yeah. And like, um, and even if that did happen, don't embarrass your wife. Like mm. he, he, I think that's another red flag. Is someone who puts you down, but behind closed doors, but especially in front of people, because he really doesn't respect you. Because- I didn't even know she was in a room, by the way. So after I just saw her like in a room, I'm like, oh my god! So this interview was done. And she's there. She's there and she's just like staring at him, like in adoration. Like I feel like everyone, even if you're not interested, you should look up this interview because literally it's classic signs of a narcissist. Yeah. And it enraged me. I was so angry. The when guys, I watched this. the guys I that were like, interviewing were like, they, they were, were like, shocked. They were so shocked. They were big. They were trying to big, big his woman up, up yeah. and he was like still putting her down. Yeah. He was still like trying to humble no her. No one and believed push her him. Down. They're like, there's no way you don't know who she is. Like, how can you not know who she is? Like, she's been on the news. Yeah. Several times Every Olympics She's in the bloody news Because they're discussing The same thing About how fantastic she yeah. is And how no one can reach her level Yeah But it, it just really upset me Like the way that he was Putting her down And I think I've seen it so many times Where men will belittle Their women Some of them do it To make themselves feel better But Bigger, I feel yeah. like with him He was doing it Just so that she knows her place Yeah I think so as well And I think he was sick and tired Of being called Simone's husband but no, I even knew she was married. I didn't know she was married. Like, I'm so sorry, but that's a big thing. Like if I was going out with someone that was like a don, like I wouldn't mind being called their husband or the, not, not their husband, their wife. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm what? Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm associated with them. I'm what? Do you think men have an issue with being with successful women? Uh, a man that knows he's not doing as well as his partner and is bitter about his situation, yeah. his position. Mm. Like if a person is earning like, really low but they're happy with that they're content with that they're not gonna care what their partner's doing but if a person is bitter about the position they're in the situation like him he got rejected by two teams yeah you know so because of that that rejection and that insecurity he wants to bring his partner down because of that you know we talk about all this stuff gaslighting behavior narcissists what do we say to the people who are already in the relationship do you run do you think people can change Mm, what but, do you do? But the thing is, you know, when you're in that relationship, because you're so in it, you don't know reality no more. Because what a narcissist does is distort your reality. So you don't know what is real, what is not. And at the start, what they do is you over explain yourself and mm. then they poke holes and then say that you're not making sense. That's the main thing oh, yeah, that yeah, they do. Yeah. They make you're up that you're crazy. That you're crazy. You're There's not making wrong sense. With you. Exactly. So, how can a person like that get out of a relationship? When they don't know what's real or what's 
fake. So what would you do? Let's say, for example, if you had a friend who was in that situation, how would you get them out of that situation? So I've got two people that I know that's in that situation. Mm-hmm. So one of them, she's much older now. So she's given in. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by um, she's given in? She's given in. So she's not going to... Bite it. No. So she, what she's going to do, she's just waiting for her kids to grow up. And then she's going to move back home to where she comes from. Um, but yeah, her husband is a narcissist and she never knew that. So basically when she first came to this country, mm. her husband brought her into this country and um, he used to control her money. Mm-hmm. So she used to go out and work and then come back and give the money to him because he told her that you can't open a bank account. Oh, wow. Because I, 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 I brought you to this country. So she didn't know for seven years she was giving her money to her husband because she didn't know she could open a bank account. And it's only until she was on a bus one day, she was talking to one of her friends. And then she was just like, yeah, my bank account. She's like, one minute, how have you got a bank account? She goes, what do you mean? Everyone get a bank account. But she couldn't tell her friend that my husband told me this. So she was in that relationship. Yeah. And she's still in that relationship because obviously her kids, she's alone in this country, so she can't leave. But now she's much more stronger because she's more independent. Mm. So she puts her money aside. She does what she wants to do. So she's basically zoned out from the relationship. Yeah. But she just has him as a flatmate. But then the thing is, so I remember we watched this um, show a few years back called uh, Made. Oh, that's remember really that? good. Yeah. And um, if anyone hasn't watched it, I highly recommend Wait, it. Wait, before you go on to, what would you do? What would you advise them? So this or is why, this, this, this is part of my advice, right? So in Made, it's a fantastic show. I'm not going to ruin it for anyone because I highly recommend watching yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but one of the things it really hit home to me, because I always used to wonder this, is the fact that people who have toxic relationships end up having children who end up in these abusive relationships too, yes. who then have children who end up in abusive relationship too. And the pattern just continues, continues, continues. Because what ends up happening is you end up having your kids get used to that abuse and they mm. think that's what love is. Yeah. That's what they what reality they, yeah. is. My they mom think, dealt yeah, with it. Yeah, mom so dealt with it, it, so I can deal with it too. You get the two extremes. Some people will completely be like, "This is wrong. This is whatever." But a lot of the time, people end up in even worse abusive relationships because they think this is what love is. Yeah, and I think for the sake of your kids, so that they know that my mom doesn't tolerate crap. My mom taught me to respect myself. My mom taught me to be strong, etc. Mm. For the sake of the kids. I would always tell anyone who is in any kind of toxic relationship that you're not doing your kids any favors by staying. You're actually doing a disservice to them Mm. because you might think it's not impacting them. Even if he's a really good dad and whatever, you think it's not impacting them, but it will impact them later on when they're adults and in what they tolerate in relationships. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And that's why you end up seeing the cycle of violence that continues in relationships. And then Mm. What I've heard a lot of people who've been in toxic relationship is that their partner will say to them, oh, at least I don't treat you badly. Your family treats you worse than I oh, do. I was just right? about to say that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, who else do you have apart from me? Yeah. Like, you're putting your kid in a situation whereby they think this is what reality is. Reality and it's is, just yeah. not, I don't know. I think for me, especially since I watched that show and since I've seen quite a few things, I would always tell somebody who notices or realizes they're in any kind of emotionally, financially, like thingy, abusive relationship is for the sake of your children, especially if you have daughters, you need to walk away. And if you have sons, they need to know that women aren't going to accept this because they might end up abusing someone else. Mm. 
Yeah, 100%. I think made is really, I really, I use that all the time, that mood. That Such a good show, show man. Because, you know, you realise that um, abuse isn't just physical. Like it's financial, mm-hmm. it's emotional. I know that bit where she's, that scene still in my head where she goes into the sofa and like. I will never forget that scene. Yeah, and everything is happening around her, but then it's just a zone. Yeah, she zones out. And this is the she thing, this is, you know, when people say, oh, I'm just going to zone out and, and bear my time for my kids. Yeah. You might zone out, but, but your kids aren't zoned out. Exactly. Your kids are seeing what's happening. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're seeing that. And if that's not a deterrent for you, then I don't know what else will help you. Yeah. I think when it's kids, you could notice the trend. Like, okay, I'll give you an example of someone that I know. So her mom was beaten up by her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, her brother beat his wife up. Mm-hmm. So basically all of the male in her family used to be up their wives, mm-hmm. right? So when it came to her, when a proposal came from a guy who slapped his mom. So she turned around saying to her mom, like, how are you going to give me this proposal when you clearly know this guy slapped his mom? Her mom turned around and said, I dealt with it. His hand's going to get tired. Oh, my God. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is that, you know, when a person can see the pattern in their family, it's very easy to notice if you're in a narcissistic relationship. Problem is a lot of people don't realize it. That's why it keeps going on. It keeps happening. because. Yeah. And what I found is people who have been in toxic families with parents who are narcissistic or whatever, they end up looking for the spouse. So for example, in, um, in the maid, another thing that I noticed, she had two options of oh, guys, yeah. right? There was a guy who was a good guy. And then there was another guy who was the firecracker. Let's just use the fireplace and firecracker mm. analogy again. One was a fireplace, one was a firecracker. She's chose the firecracker. Mm. And what I've noticed is a lot of people who have seen turbulent relationships from their parents, they end up going and looking for turbulent relationship, even when they have a nicer option. Like mm. I've seen that with friends. I've had friends who have picked the guy who's horrible to them, right? Over a guy who's promised them the world and is actually going to deliver it. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? That's, that's their reality. That's what they're used they to. Know- they feel like they think that that's what love is. And love that, is they're more comfortable like that. with that. Yeah. Because the other one is very foreign. That feeling is very foreign. Yeah. So they won't settle for that. And, and that's, that's what really you sad. see. It's sad. And that's what you see. People who come from nuclear families are more likely to have nuclear families because 100%. they know what love is. They know what love is. And like, because even like one time my friend, and this is how I could tell nuclear family. And like I'm from a single parent family. And she was just talking about relationship and when the guy treated her really badly, she's like, no, like, I'm not going to tolerate this because my dad does everything for me. Mm. Like my dad's the type of person that if I'm in the shops and I'm getting a few groceries and I can't carry it, I'll put it all back and I'll call my dad and he'll just be like, yeah, go home. I'll get it for you. And then I've got this guy treating me like this. I don't think so. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Whereas someone like me, that wouldn't be the case. Like yeah. it would be, you know, I'll be compensating in other things like being more guarded or mm. like self-sabotage or things like that in order to protect myself. Obviously, yeah. that's toxic as well. Yeah. So like even like we've made yeah. her upbringing, she was from uh, like a single parent yeah. uh, household. Mum had um, serious mental health mental, issues. Her, mental health Father issues. Father was very abusive. Abusive, exactly. So because of that, she won't know. She doesn't know. It's, it's, she felt more at home with the guy so who difficult. treated her badly than she did with a guy who had grown up in a nuclear family and who wanted to treat her well. Mm. Um, and that's why I say, like, when it comes to abusive relationships like this, the second you spot it, get out. 100%. And I think, get out I for think, the sake of your kids. Yeah. Another person that I know that went to therapy mm. while she was in a marriage, because um, she didn't know as well, she thought that she was the problem. Mm. And 
she went to therapy and then slowly, slowly through therapy, she realized that this guy is gaslighting her. He'll do certain acts in front of the kids to make it seem that the mum is bad. Oh. So one of those, so then it was very, very hard for her mm. to get out. But as soon as she went to therapy, she was regularly engaging with her therapy. She's left him now. I think that's the thing. Yeah, you she need that. You need to build up your own confidence, yeah. right? That's why we're talking about leveling up, ladies. Like when you level up, your confidence will build and it's easier for you to leave like horrible relationships. Yeah, so for example, like, did you know there's a study that showed that I think it's a really high percentage of women end up asking for divorce after they lose weight? Crazy high, like 80% or something like that. Oh. This was done in America though. And the reason why is because they gain a level of self-worth. Mm. And I think that's what it is. You need to find your self-worth again. Yeah. And once you find your self-worth, no human being is going to tolerate that level of disrespect. Yeah. The problem is when you've come from a house where it's been broken down, your self-worth a lot of the time is broken down too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you don't even realize it. Sometimes yeah. you don't even realize that's what's happened. Yeah. Because you'd feel like you deserve that. That's what you deserve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my advice would be therapy. And if you don't want to go to therapy, have someone close to you to speak to. And that's why it's so important in Dean to have like really good people because if you have a close friend that is into the deen and, you know, the akhlaq is amazing, when they give you advice, they will spot that. Do you get what, what I mean? about What about for people who don't have that? Because so therapy is expensive. No, no. So, and what if you don't have friends? A lot of the time, people who are yeah, in this situation, are isolated. they've been isolated. Yeah. So what then, do you do then? So also remember that with isolation, that whoever you, you know, distance yourself from, they still love you. Yeah. So that's what one, one thing that narcissist people do is that they make you believe that your family doesn't love you no more, that your friends don't love you, but they do. They do love you. And if you do, like, pick up the phone and call them, they will be there for you. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? And I think that's why people don't have their friends and they're isolated because they feel like, well, what's the point now? Because obviously I've isolated myself and no one, want, you know, want to be my friend or be with me. I but think it's also what, a level of embarrassment as well. Yes, because embarrassment. it's like everyone told you no and you kept going. But it doesn't matter. And, it doesn't matter yeah. because you rather have that. I and too. no one will feel, honestly, like any good friend or any good family or whatever, if you, if you heard that your friend was going through an abusive relationship, you're not going to yeah, be turned around 100%. and say to them, Even though, you, I'm not going to tell you. You would never yeah. say that to your person. Mm-hmm. So just remember that and like reach out. I think you need to reach out, whether it's therapy, reach out or whether it's any close friend. Okay, so I've got a scenario here, and I picked a scenario that wasn't extreme because I wanted to show people how common this can be, yeah? So, um, so hi, I don't really post things online, but I have been really sitting on this problem for months and in need of some outside perspective and support. Bear with me and apologies for the long rant. So my husband and I married over a little, a little over a year ago. We have had some issues here and there, mostly financial, my family, but I have always put it down as first year challenges. Otherwise, our time together was okay. From the beginning of our marriage, he made a rule that I would have no access to his phone and vice versa, which I was never comfortable with, but respected his privacy. And it didn't make sense because a husband and wife should not be hiding anything from each other. But like I said, I was trying to be a good understanding wife who did not like to cause arguments. And that's where I went wrong. Anyways, my pregnancy was very hard and of high risk due to health issues. And when I was three weeks away from birth, this also was a day after our one-year anniversary. And as a gift, he got me a chocolate bar. For his birth anniversary, got a chocolate bar. <laughs> I like how you had to repeat that, just so that you can say, no. <laughs> Julie, no, chocolate bar? I had to repeat it. I, know, I was like, wait, hold on, chocolate bar? Yeah. Are you for real? I am 
accessed his phone and saw that he was messaging multiple women and was saying very inappropriate and disgusting things to them. And I confronted him. He told me that he was bored. I kicked him out after that and had the baby. Mind you, it was a very long and very long labor due to the added stress with an immediate family member as my birthing partner. And he blames me for this. Don't understand what he's blaming, but okay. To be honest, what upsets me the most is not what was done. Obviously, it's bad, but it's how you come back from it. He has not made that much of an effort, more talk than action. The same goes when it comes to his kid as well. The thing is, it's not about me anymore. There is a kid child involved in all of this, and I have to put my baby's need above all. I once heard that what a significant other does during your pregnancy will have a lasting effect on your relationship. My question is, what shall I do now? Take the risk of rebuilding the trust for the sake of this family or move on as a single parent. Please advise me. Oh, wow. How long have they been together for? Uh, A year. Over a year. Just over a year? Mm -hmm. They've got a kid? Mm -hmm. That's one. That's the first mistake. They got pregnant straight away, yeah. I know. Don't get pregnant straight away. Yeah, you don't do that. Get to know who he is. Um, Wow. So this is quite, I've seen quite common scenarios like this. Um, And I think it's one of those things where it's so subtle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think for me, the first red sign would have been the phone thing. The fact that he had to set a rule. Don't touch my phone and I won't touch your phone. Yeah. Right? That for me is like, mm, that's strange behavior. Because I'm not the type of person, by the way, I'm not the type of person at all to go through anyone's phone. Yeah. But the second someone says so that yeah, to me, you I am going through that phone. 100%. There is something on there. 100%. And I feel like he... She was, it sounds like she was quite submissive to him at the beginning. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like she was just trying to be a good wife. Yeah. They always start off with that. Like, don't look at my phone. Like every single time when I've heard like an abusive relationship, it's like, oh, I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to use his laptop. I wasn't allowed to go on his phone. And it's just like, why is he saying that to you? Like, that's the word, you know, that's the. But these are the things, these are the subtle things that start coming up that people, that women start defending. They're like, oh no, it's because of this. Oh, that's not that big a deal. And then you think about it at the time, like you'd be like, oh, it's not that big a deal. I can get over it. And then five years later, once the barrage of abuse happens, then yeah. you're like, oh my God, that was my first sign. I should have walked away from this. Yeah. Or I should have, I should have put my foot down right then and there. Yeah. Right. But you know what? Would you want to look through your, if your he says, or his number or like, no, like his I, so, so for me, generally, yeah. I am not nosy like that. Okay. I don't think I've ever gone through Burbank's phone. At all. I'm too self-absorbed to do stuff like that. Yeah. However, if he had said to me, don't go through my phone, best believe I'm going through that phone. Okay. Best believe. Yeah, yeah. That so, would have been the first thing I would have done. I was like, oh, okay, I'm definitely going to go through it now. Yeah. And the thing is for me, like, I'm not, it's not that I can't, I can, I know how to do it, but yeah. I just don't want to and I don't feel the need to. Yeah. I don't know, you know, things like this scare me because like, um, you know, there's people that go um to, up to people in the road and say, oh, they ask if the couples, if they could exchange phones. Yeah. Um, these things scare me because there was this one couple who was married for like 15 years and the guy, he literally could tell he's besotic about mm. the woman, right? And um, the guy's like, the guy that's interviewing, so, okay, so exchange phones. The guy happily like giving the phone to the wife with his partner, I don't know if they're married. And then she's like, um, well, why do we need to do, that, do this right now? And he's like, girl, come on, quickly, quickly. Like he's recording us. And she's like, um, uh, okay one minute so is it what we're looking at are we just doing just messages 
I was doing Snapchat. Oh wow! And then the interview guy was like, it was really awkward. That's so yeah, the interview guy on like, TV, you know. Yeah, he's like um, everything. Text what, message. Was it like, on TV or, or phone? It was on social the phone. media. Oh man, that's even social worse. media. That's yeah, like exactly. immediate. You and you could tell that. the guy's face. And then she was just like, okay, so you could check my text, but. You know, he goes, it's not fair. It's not fair. Why are we looking at all social media? He doesn't have no social media. I have all social media. Yeah, so but it's just what are you weird. hiding though? Yeah. And then he's just like, but babe, like, it doesn't matter. Like, we just exchange a phone. She goes, yeah, but you don't have a Snapchat. And then she turned it on to him. Like, you don't have a Snapchat. Gaslighting. You don't have Instagram. So that's not fair. That's not fair. Like, can we just look at text messages then? Because obviously you don't have social media. And the guy interviewing is like, um, so you're clearly hiding something. And then she's like, no, don't get in between us, blah, blah. And then he's like, no, hon, like, you're actually hiding something. Like, why are you making this a big deal? Just give me your phone sort of thing. And it's you know like, what the funny thing yeah. is? Had she just given the phone, he probably wouldn't have checked properly. He wouldn't have even checked yeah, properly. That's what you mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. The second someone gives you that reason yeah. to doubt, then you're just like, what are you hiding? Because yeah. otherwise I wouldn't have checked. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was just so sad because you could tell, you know, at the start of the interview, um, the guy was like, oh, so how long have you been together? He was so excited to say 15 years. He was so excited. He was so happy. That is he was like, so oh, crazy. And at the end, he was just like, you could tell he was so hurt. And, but then he was just acting up on the camera, but you could tell he was so hurt. But that's, that's my fear, Brasset. Like, imagine if I'm walking out, my man, I've been with him for 20 years, and he's hiding his Okay, Snapchat. so what we'll do then, right, on an annual basis, yeah, when you get married, inshallah, you come around my house, we'll have dinner, yeah, and on an annual basis, I'll do the let's change phones challenge, right? And with, then, with him Yeah you and him Yeah I'll, I'll do it like a Ha 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 Right I'll make excuses And then we'll see If he'll give you his phone But then What about if he's got another phone That's the problem That's the thing Because you remember Dr Foster Did you ever watch oh, Dr yeah, Foster Oh my god You're the yeah. one who got oh, yeah, me to yeah. it Dr. We watched it together When we were mar- yeah. when yeah. married When yeah. we were living together Yeah he had another phone Yeah so could, Yeah Ooh. Oh my god You know what That show gave me Literally, I was side eyeing Gerbans like I've never side eyed before. Dr. Foster was absolutely amazing. So good. Yeah. So good. But then the second season was a bit crap. But the first season, fantastic. The thing that really got to me was a bit where so his wife is really successful. She's a GP and um, she found out who her husband was cheating on with her. And uh, she brought her into the GP and she was examining her. And obviously, the girl is like much younger. And that's something that you can't compete against. You can't yeah, compete against age. age. And you can tell, like, if the GP was much younger, she would be better looking oh, than Oh, yeah. Her. The GP but in every, like, the, the the main lady, like, in every aspect, she's, she's better, better than her. She's actually better looking than her. Yeah, she's, she's better everything. in everything. But it's, but it's just age. That's age. the only thing she couldn't compete And with. the thing is, like, you took the best prime years. Yeah. I felt the pain yeah, for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, how dare you take yeah. her young prime years yeah. and now replace her with some ditzy younger yeah. person which the only certificate she has is a birth certificate. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Sorry, I was just really personally oh angered God. by that. But yeah. But yeah, no, like I said, like this is the thing, ladies, you have to think about your prime years, man. Don't be wasting it away from some idiot. And most of the time, guys like this in the end, they end up walking away and leaving you when they're ready to leave you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they'll either continue, as long as you keep maintaining their supply. That's mm. it, yeah? Well, as long as you are a supply for them, yeah. right? For these type of people where you're, they're getting what they need from you. Mm. They will continue in these relationships. The second mm. they don't get what they need from you anymore, then they'll move on. Yeah. Once, I, they, once they've used up all yeah. of your goodness, then they'll move on and then they're happy to move on with someone yeah. else. But the second you cut the supply, if you're the one who cuts the supply, they can't hack it. 100%. That's when you have people who are, you find um, a man who's, who was emotionally, physically abusive to his wife. She left him and then he's obsessed. He runs around the world trying to look for her, tries to kill her, all sorts of shit. Mm. Because he can't hack the fact that she's the one who cut off the supply. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you know, the, I was just watching 
uh, you know, how to spot a narcissist. And the most common phrase that they use is, you're never going to find someone better than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. The second someone says that to you, yeah. run. Yeah. And you will find someone better. You will find. And that's the reason why. Or you're very lucky to have me. You're lucky to have me, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say that to Bear Bag all uh, yeah. the time. But... Oh, oh, God. There you go, guys. She's, she's got one of the traits. <laughs> we need to get Bear Bag to listen to this. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Don't let him listen to it. He's going to run away from me. No, I'm joking. Um, so, yeah. So, it's, it's actually really scary. And I think what I found really hard to stomach is how common these things are. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, it's one of those things where... There's some people who you can, you can say to women, you know what, you just need to change their behavior. Mm. But then, you know, there's the ones where do you, how do you decipher between ones whose behavior can change and ones who can't? But do you think narcissists can change their behavior? I think they can, because if you acknowledge, because there is a lot of people that are narcissists that are um, going to therapy and trying to change. Mm. Um, And, you know, they're on YouTube and they're saying how they used to act and how, what they need to change about themselves. So, 100%. 100%. I think a lot of people who are emotional abusers, they've got their lot of trauma themselves. Maybe once they heal that trauma, yeah. they can themselves. But I never think you should be their counsellor. You're not their therapy session. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If someone is emotionally, physically, whatever abuse, they need to take it upon themselves to do those sessions. Yeah. It's not up to you to change them. I think for me, the hardest things to change is if he's arrogant. If you've yeah, got they, they won't even see it. opinion of yourself. But I love them do. Very, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I think it will be, you can change, but it'll be very, very, very difficult to change that. So yeah, so points to learn, ladies, is uh, start looking out for these signs. If you yeah. haven't found anyone, you know what I've noticed as well, something that really like, oh, I found this. When they start trying to change you or comparing you to other women. Yeah. When mm. you notice that at the beginning, Oh yeah, as in like dress sense. I've yeah. noticed that with dress sense. So it's sense. like, oh, you know, you shouldn't wear this. Maybe yeah. you wear this. Yeah. Or like they kind of slight picking at faults, you know. Yeah. Oh, look at you, like making a joke of your uh, belly. Like, oh, look at you yeah. with your belly. Or, or if you don't wear hijab, they'll be like, oh, I normally go for blonde. Yeah, or so go for you blonde. dye your hair blonde. Yes, yeah, so you dye your hair blonde. Or yeah. like, you know, I like a nose pierce. So you get a nose pierce. Yeah. Because, so things like that. When you're noticing that you're changing yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, there's, we, we talked about this uh, in the last episode about leveling yourself up and how you should be honest with your partner. Da, da, da. We're not talking about that, right? That's different. This is someone who at the beginning is trying to change you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they come to you, they saw you, this is what you look like. Yeah. And then they've turned you into a project. No, no, no. I don't believe in men going after women who is not ticking their boxes no, at the beginning. Yeah. Because leave them alone. Yeah. Don't go and ruin this woman's life. You're not trying to tell her, leave her alone. She's not a project. Yeah. And even then they'll still cheat. Yeah. So there's no like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so let's wrap up the session. Yeah. I've got a story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically the bad you do will always come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's re- relevant to this. I think it is because if you're out there harming your partner, know that um, the harm will come, come back, back to, you. to you. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, a woman baked chapati for members of her family, an extra one for a hungry person. She kept the extra chapati on the windowsill for whoever would take it away. Every day a hunchback came and took away the chapati. Instead of expressing gratitude, he muttered the following words as he went his way. The evil you do remains with you. The good you do comes back to you. This went on day after day. Every day the hunchback came, picked up the chapati and uttered the words, the evil you do remains with you. The good you do comes back to you. The woman felt irritated. 
Not a word of gratitude, she said to herself. Every day this hunchback utters this jingle. What does he mean? One day she decided to do away with him. I should get rid of this hunchback, he said. And what did she do? She added poison to the chapati she prepared for him. As she was about to keep it on the windowsill, her hands trembled. What is this that I'm doing, she said. Immediately she threw the chapati into the fire, prepared another one and kept it on the windowsill. As usual, the hunchback came, picked up the chapati and muttered the words, the evil you do remains with you, the good you do comes back to you. The hunchback proceeded on his way, blissfully unaware of the war raging in the mind of the woman. Every day as the woman placed the chapati on the windowsill, she offered a prayer for her son, who had gone to a distant place to seek his fortune. For many months she had no news of him. She prayed for his safe return. That evening, there was a knock on the door. As she opened it, she was surprised to, see, to find her son standing in a doorway. He had grown thin and lean. His garment was torn. He was hungry, starved and weak. As he saw his mother, he said, Mum, it's a miracle. I'm here. While I was about a mile away, I was so hungry that I collapsed. I would have died. But just then, an old hunchback passed by. I begged him for some morsel of food and he was kind enough to give me a whole chapati. As he gave it to me, he said, this is what I eat every day. Today I shall give it to you, for your need is greater than mine. As the mother heard these words, her face turned pale. She leaned against the door for support. She remembered the poison chapati that she made that morning. Had she not burned it in the fire, it would have been eaten by her own son, and he would have lost his life. It was then that she realized the significance of the words The evil you do remains with you, the good you do comes back to you. So the moral do good. And don't ever stop doing good, even if it's not appreciated at that time. That's lovely. Yeah. So guys, like. Don't be narcissist. No, don't be narcissist. And if you are a victim, um, you know, a person that does do that, then know that Allah is watching and that the evil that person does will go back to them. It always does. Though, and, in the yeah. End. And be hopeful. They always end up alone and yeah. miserable and, you know, whatever. Like you see them like get old yeah. and urinating on themselves and shit. Exactly. Karma. So, yeah, it will come back to them. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.